0: Thank you for listening to Crossroads Community Church of Jefferson Hills. At Crossroads, our mission is to be the church by sharing and showing the love of Christ and inviting others to be recipients of Christ's love. Now, here is this week's message from Pastor Floyd Hughes. All right, good morning, Crossroads. Welcome to our Sunday morning worship celebration uh, where we love celebrating Jesus, Uh, and I just wanna give a quick reminder as summer begins to wind down, um, not next weekend, but the following weekend, uh, Saturday, August 26th, quick reminder, is the best in the burger. Uh, It's free, it's open to the public, it's at Duke Park in Elizabeth, it's multiple churches, cooking hamburgers, but it is a competition. So the more people show up, the more people get to vote on which congregation provided the best burger, which uh, hopefully will be competing, but if not, show up and eat. But here's the other thing. Uh, We're continuing a series where we're kind of talking about some tough topics. So I'm gonna start with scripture again this morning. Uh, So in the book of Ephesians, Paul's writing to this church and he says, as a prisoner for the Lord, then I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle, be patient, bearing with one another in love. And in the fall, I keep saying in the fall, but that's like weeks away. So in a couple of weeks, we're gonna walk through a series looking at what's called the prison epistles, the letters that Paul wrote to the church uh, from prison. This was one of those letters in Ephesians. And he's begging the church, I urge you, live a life worthy of the calling you have received. In other words, live a life, if you're a Christian, that looks like you're a Christian. Uh, He says this, make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. So he's encouraging them, hey, do whatever you have to do to keep the unity of the Holy Spirit because Christ followers are filled with the Holy Spirit. And he says, do it through the bond of peace. And then he says this, there's one body, one spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, Father over all, who is over all and through all in all. It's his call to Christians to say, hey, no, there's a lot going on, but you guys need to stay united because the same spirit rests in all of you. The next couple of verses are ones that we've talked about extensively. Uh, Paul writes to the church in Corinth, and this is the amplified version, because it kind of expands on the language a little bit. And he says, Paul summoned by the will and purpose of God to be an apostle, a special messenger of Christ Jesus and our brother Sosothenes. And here's what he writes to them. Uh, he says, to the church, the assembly, because that's what It's what the church is. It means the people called to be assembled of God, which is in Corinth, to those consecrated and purified and made holy in Christ Jesus, who are selected and called to be saints, God's people, together with all those who in any place call upon and give honor to the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So this is what he's saying. Hey, this is a message, because we talked about some things in the Bible are just for the people back then. They're not for us. They're for us to know, not for us to do. He says this is for the people in Corinth, but it's also for all those who have been purified and made holy in Christ Jesus. And it's together with all those in any place, no matter where you are, no matter where you live, who call upon and give honor to the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And this is what he writes to them. He says that I urge and entreat you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you be in perfect harmony and full agreement in what you say, and that there be no dissensions or factions or divisions among you but that you be perfectly united in your common understanding and your opinions and judgment. That's a mouthful, right? But he's saying, I am begging you to be in perfect harmony and to be united, and here's why he's writing this. He says, it's been made clear to me, my brethren, by those of close household, that there are contentions and wrangling and factions among you. He says, what I mean is this, some of you Either says, I belong to Paul, or I belong to Apollos, or I belong to Cephas, that's Peter, or I belong to Christ, or I belong to a political party, or I belong to a denomination, or I belong to this. And these two verses are basically telling us, hey, that we're supposed to be unified in what the Holy Spirit reveals to us, right? Because we all have the same Holy Spirit of God. But also, we're not supposed to divide over what people say to us. And, and that's not to say that we shouldn't you know, listen to or hear what people are saying, but we're not supposed to divide over it. We're gonna talk a little bit more about that this morning, but uh, as the band comes up, I'm gonna ask you guys to stand as I pray for the offering. God, I thank you so much that we get to gather this morning. Thank you so much for all those people who are able to make it out, and whether they're watching online or they're physically in the room, we pray that we would be united, we would be of one spirit, that we would humble ourselves to be receptive to your word this morning. We pray that your spirit would lead, that your spirit would guide. We thank you for everyone who is able to show up. We thank you for those who are able to give. Thank you for those who don't give, but they're able to show up. We thank you for every single person. But we pray that every single person this morning would be receptive to and ready to hear what your Holy Spirit has to say. We pray that we would acknowledge that there is no one that can show us the love and grace and mercy that you have shown to us through your son, Jesus Christ, and we pray this in Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen, amen. Uh, We're continuing in a series that we've been doing called Why Isn't the Church Talking About, Um, where we asked this question, I asked this to you guys actually, what should the church talk about more often? And you guys filled out a lot of information. We're actually almost, we're gonna end this series this month, Um, and when I asked you guys this question, you filled out cards, but I also asked it to some people online, what should the church talk about more often, got a lot of feedback, some good, some hilarious, won't go into that. Uh, But one of the people responded with this, So I I made a video and I said, hey, I thought I would ask you guys online as well as people in the congregation. And this was the response. I hope you guys can see this. I think I have, yeah, bigger picture. Uh, His name is Repulsive Frog. I love the usernames, but here's what he said. One of the things that we should talk about more often is how to handle those who disagree dogmatically with everything biblical, but do it without violence, right? And, And I get what he's trying to say, which is basically, you know what, Um, how do we, or why is the church talking more about how do we handle disagreements within the body of Christ? This is specific to Christians because we all have different backgrounds. We were all raised in different households. We all didn't grow up in the same neighborhood or community. We all have different political beliefs, financial, back, all this stuff. So we're gonna disagree on stuff. So the question is, why aren't we talking more about how do we handle those disagreements, especially when it comes to stuff that's in the Bible? Because here's the thing uh, there's a lot of stuff that people disagree about, but the most common things, top things that people disagree about, uh, are church doctrine and policy, right? Christians will go to blows over the interpretation of the Bible, right? They will also go to blows over, like, policy and you know, whether or not you can baptize infants or this, that, and the other, all kind of things, and they will argue and debate them to no end, right? Uh, Another thing is racial issues. Even though the Bible says, you know, we're the people of God, we're supposed to love our neighbor, we're supposed to love our enemies, and God wants every person of every nation and every tribe and every color to be a part of his kingdom, Christians will disagree and go to blow over that, and we talked a little bit about this last week, abortion, sexual or women's issues, Christians will like go to blows over that. If you're on the opposite side of any of these issues, like people will come for your life because for whatever reason, they feel like, you know what, my way is the right way. And nobody will look at and say, well, what does God say about it? They'll just form a, a, a stance and they will go to blows over it. And all of these can be under political issues. Right, which we're gonna see as we get closer to the election again. And you've seen already, we're Christians, people who used to be friends and hang out and golf together and bowl together and hunt together. Once the election started coming through, um, good thing they didn't hunt because they would have shot each other. They were arguing, they were fighting, they were dividing. And unfortunately, we're gonna see this again. This, This is the type of thing that we should not argue over. Now, we could literally spend weeks going over here's what the bible says about each of these issues but that's not what we're going to do this morning we're just going to look at how do we as christians have conversations about these issues how do we talk to one another about such controversial topics because these are controversial now here's the thing there is a way that we should handle any disagreements regarding controversial topics. So um, Larry's not here, and whenever he's not here, we'll talk about him. So uh, if Larry were here, and Larry were to say, hey, Floyd, uh, I heard you do a sermon on, insert any one of those controversial topics, right? And I would say, yeah, Larry, I did. I I said, here's what the Bible says about those controversial topics. And Larry would say, well, what about blah, blah, blah? I disagree, or I'm not sure, because." I have family members or whatever, whatever the case is, he would find something to say, what about this? Or how do we deal with that? And then I would say, you know what? That's a good question. But since we're both Christians, why don't we look at what the Bible says about it? Because I could be wrong, very rarely, but I could be wrong. And then Larry would say, well, yeah, let's, let's go out for coffee someday and, and let's look at it or whatever, and whether or not we actually go out for coffee the goal is that at the end of the day we're still brothers in christ because that's the goal because we can disagree about topics but we're going to have to spend the rest of eternity together now that's the way it should happen and and most of us have people that you know they're christians and we disagree about one thing or another or this or that it's just humanity that's that's who we are it happens but that's not the way we do it. That's how we should do it. How we actually do it is we treat it like a full-on WrestleMania match. Any people still watch wrestling? Am I the only one in the room? I am the only one in the room. Okay, thank you, thank you. Okay, because here's what we do. We think that there is a belt on the line And so we treat it like the Royal Rumble, and instead of a conversation, we're like, ladies and gentlemen, this next fight is for the heavyweight title of the world. In this corner, we have Pastor Floyd, who's always right. In this corner, we have Larry, who's always right, and it's a battle to the death. Let's get ready to rumble, and then we do that online, and we argue with one another, and we fight, and we debate, and even though it seems funny, that's the way the non-Christians see us when they watch us discuss all of these controversial topics. They don't see us as, oh, wow, they're having a great discussion in a God-honoring way about things they disagree about. They see us fighting as if a belt is on the line. And then they see us walking around like a badge of honor, like, I won. That was the goal. The goal is not to remain brothers and sisters in Christ, even if we disagree. The goal is, I won the belt. This is a kid's belt. The real one's much bigger. But it was also several, several hundred dollars, which I wasn't gonna buy because my wife wouldn't let me. But if she would let me, I would have. We would have a real, but in any case, we wear it like a badge of honor. Like, this is the goal. I won. We wear it to work, we wear it to school, we wear it to church, and then we tell other people, I just got this belt shutting down Larry because I disagreed with him. And if we say that to other Christians and to non-Christians, about Christians, Because that's the way we disagree when it's not the way that we're supposed to disagree. We're supposed to love one another and have great discussions with one another. And remember, the verses that we started with, because when we're handling disagreements, we're supposed to be unified because we all have the same Holy Spirit, right? The same Holy Spirit that's in me is the same Holy Spirit that's in Larry, the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. So we should be unified. Even if we disagree because I have this upbringing that taught me this. Larry has this upbringing that taught him this. We should both be going to, well, what does the Holy Spirit of God say on this topic? Because that's what we're supposed to do. That's the way that we're supposed to handle all of our disagreements. So here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna walk through a lot of scripture. So if you wanna open your Bible, we're gonna be in the book of Romans chapter 16, and then we're gonna be in Titus, and then we're gonna go back to Ephesians. But for the sake of it, I'm going to put all the verses up here on the screen. But I want you to write these down if you want to, like, so you can see, this is what the word of God says. This isn't me just making it up, all right? So in Romans chapter 16, Paul writes to the church in Romans and he says, I urge you, brothers and sisters, to watch out for those who cause divisions and put obstacles in your way that are contrary to the teaching that you have learned. Keep away from them. I mean, it's kind of important he says i urge you to watch out for those who are trying to divide you right and put obstacles in your way that are contrary to the teachings that you have heard in other words if this if the bible says a and someone else is trying to say it doesn't stay away from them And here's why. He says, because uh, such people are not serving our Lord Christ, but their own appetites and by smooth talk and flattery, they deceive the minds of naive people. Now, here's the thing. Those people, they're not serving Jesus. They're just trying to get a belt. They're just trying to say, hey, I want a conversation. They're just trying to divide the body of Christ. Right? So Paul says, don't even be bothered with them. And that word deceive, we talked about it last week. It means to stray from the truth, which is why weeks ago we started with, can the word of God be trusted? Is the word of God true? Because if the word of God is true, anything that contradicts it is false. So if there are people who are trying to divide you by giving you information that contradicts the word of God, it's false. Stay away from them. Don't waste your time with them. He goes on and he says, Everyone has heard about your obedience, so I rejoice because of you. And this is the key. He says, I want you to be wise about what's good and innocent about what is evil. The God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. The grace of our Lord Jesus be with you. The reason he says, I want you to be wise about what's good and he says, I want you to be innocent about what's evil is because those people that are trying to divide you, that don't have the, the, the will of God as they're, what they're trying to get into you, he says that they're the evil ones. And evil, the reason he says the God of peace will soon crush Satan is because that evil comes from Satan. The people that, and I, don't, I'm not saying that every person that talks to you is of Satan, but Paul makes it clear, every person that tries to get you to believe something contrary to this is of Satan. Every person whose focus is to divide you from what the word of God says is of Satan. And he says, I want you to focus on what's good and that don't worry about it because soon uh, the God of peace will cross Satan under his feet. Now, in the book of Titus, He writes to Titus, right? Titus is a pastor in Crete, and and Paul writes to him, and he's trying to encourage him. And he says, at one time, Titus, we too, meaning he and Titus and all the people, we were foolish, we were disobedient, we were deceived and enslaved by all kinds of passions and pleasures. We lived in malice and envy, being hated and hating one another. Before we were Christians, it was okay to be deceived. We didn't know the truth. Before we were Christians, whatever we were passionate about, it was okay to argue and divide and to say, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm fighting for the title. I wanna slam you down because I was, wanna be right. Before we were Christians, that was okay because we kinda didn't like each other anyway. We hated one another. I didn't care if you were right or you were wrong. I was raised this way, this is the way it is. I don't care what you think. but when the kindness and love of god our savior appeared he saved us not because of righteous things we had done but because of his mercy he saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the holy spirit before we were christians it was okay to argue and divide over all of these things before it was, we were Christians, it was okay to say, well, this politician says this, or, or this cultural practice says this, and us to divide and argue and hate one another over them. But now that we're Christians, we've been washed and reborn, that's where we get that phrase like born again, by the Holy Spirit, the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. And we've looked at the verses before that says that God puts his Holy Spirit in us so that we have nothing, no doubt, in our minds, that we get to spend an eternity with him because we have his Holy Spirit in us. So now that he saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit, uh, whom he poured on us generously through Jesus Christ, our Savior, we have been justified by his grace. We have become heirs having the hope of eternal life. So now I can't really hate you and argue with you and divide with you because I'm going to spend eternity with you. It doesn't make sense for me to, because Melanie just happens to be in my line of sight, for me to say, well, Melanie thinks this and I think that. I never want to talk to Melanie again, because you know, leave it up to God, I'm going to spend the rest of eternity sitting right next to Melanie, because we have the same spirit. So what does make sense is for Melanie and I to say, you know what, let's work this out, because if we're going to spend eternity together, we might as well get used to it by just spending the next couple of years down here together because we have the same spirit that raised us from the dead. I mean, does this, does, this, does this make sense to everyone that it doesn't make sense to argue and divide over this stuff? And again, he's talking about Christians. He's not talking about what we think and what non-Christians think, what we think and what atheists think, what we think and what Buddhists think. He's saying if you guys that are Christians, you guys need to get together and be of one mind, right? And he says, this is a trustworthy thing and I want you to stress these things. He's writing to Titus, who's a pastor. and He says, I want you to stress these things. So as a pastor, I am stressing these things so that those who have trusted in God may be careful to devote themselves to doing what is good. These things are excellent and profitable for everyone. So previously he said, hey, division It just causes hurt, it just causes deceit. But when we're united and we acknowledge the same spirit within us and we stress that, hey, that's the focal point, he says, these are excellent and these are profitable for everyone, right? But avoid foolish controversies and genealogies and arguments and quarrels about the law because those are unprofitable and useless. And we may say, well, that's not what we argue about, but here's the thing, they're the exact same thing. So the Jewish people, would argue about like uh, genealogies. Like uh, I'm a, a Jewish person descended from this tribe and from that tribe. So they were putting their genealogy, or if you want to put it another way, their race, who they were born from, and they would argue or divide over it. And he said, that's ridiculous. They would argue about the law Like, we have to obey this law, we have to obey that law, and even though we're not talking about the Levitical law, that's what people argue about today. The law, whether this is right or that is right, or racial this or racial that, or cultural this or cultural that, we argue and divide over it. And he says, those things are unprofitable and they're useless. So here's the question, how should the church, the body of Christ, handle these disagreements? Because let's be honest, We come from different financial statuses, different races, different backgrounds, different neighborhoods, even in the same school district, different communities. So we're gonna have differences of opinions and we should know going forward, because there's gonna be a lot more stuff that comes up, how do we handle these disagreements among Christians because they're gonna come up. There's gonna be, this is not the last election that's gonna come up where Christians are on one side or the other. There's gonna be school board elections, senatorial, gubernatorial, whatever, where Christians divide because they think, oh, I prefer this person or that person, or I'm Democrat or Republican or independent or whatever. So how should we do it? And Paul, this is why we started with the verses in Ephesians, because he already told us, say, hey, if you're a Christian, this is how you're supposed to handle it. First and foremost, and I'm gonna put it again, amplified version, because it expands on it. He says, I therefore, the prisoner for the Lord, appeal to and beg you to walk and lead a life worthy of the divine calling to which you have been called with behavior that is a credit to the summons to God's service. He says, I'm begging you, if you call yourself a Christian, act like a Christian. If you call yourself a Christian, act like a Christian. Your life should reflect that christ is in you which is literally what christian means it means that you're living a life that looks like christ you're doing the things that christ did so he says i beg you to walk a life worthy to that calling he says living as becomes you with complete and this is how we do it lowness of mind or humility meekness unselfishness gentleness mindness with patience bearing with one another and making allowance because you love one another. He says this is how you do it, um, being humble. Being humble means I'm not trying to win the belt. I'm, I'm not in it to win the belt. I'm not having this argument or discussion with you so that I can be right and I can proclaim that I won this belt, or I won this argument, or I won this disagreement, or I won this election. That's not the cause. The cause is, you know what, we may disagree, but That's not the important thing. The important thing is maintaining our relationship. And he says, do it through meekness. And most people, when they hear the word meek, they think that means I have to be a doormat. That is not what that means. Jesus Christ was not a doormat, right? But what it means is that you're not doing it for the belt. You're not doing it so that you can be right. And you're being gentle and you're being mild. And here's the key, you're being patient, bearing with one another, making allowances because you love one another. So that means if I don't get to smack Larry down and show him that I'm right, it's okay. It's okay. I was talking to to someone online and we had not a big misunderstanding, but I didn't understand what she was saying. She didn't understand what I was saying. She finally explained clearly what she was saying. And even though every fiber of my being wanted me to say I was right, I said, you know what, I apologize. I see your point and ended the conversation. And we're still friends. And she doesn't hate me. And we don't have to like not look at each other when we see each other online like, oh, there's that person I gotta move away. Cause that's what happens when we argue and we debate and we try to win the belt. When we see each other in the story like, oh, I can't talk to them because now that person's there. But when we're patient and we're bearing with one another And we make loving one another the priority. That's the last command that Jesus gave us. He said, a new command I give you, love one another. He was talking to Christians the way that I have loved you. That's a whole different world than trying to put a smack down on someone so you can say, I was right. I'm the right one. You were wrong, I need you to admit it, I need you to post about it, we're gonna write a song about it, and then we'll put it in the newspaper, because I was right, that's not the goal. The goal is that, hey, you know what? How can we end this so that we walk away still loving one another, still friends, and still brothers and our sisters in Christ? That's the goal. And here's what he says, be eager and strive earnestly to guard and keep the harmony and the oneness produced by the spirit in the binding power of peace. He said, whatever you do, you need to fight for, to guard the harmony, the unity we have through the spirit of God. We need to fight for it more than we fight for our political stances, more than we fight for our cultural stances, more than we fight for anything. And I've said this before, be 100% honest, I find it hard to fight for that sometimes for some of the things that come up in our culture. But I submit to Christ because, even though I hate to admit it, he knows more than me. So in the things that I feel strong like, no, I need to, I need to make sure that I put a smack down on this and they understand, I just gotta look and say, you know what, let's do it God's way. I'm going to ask you guys to stand as the band comes up and I'm not going to ask anyone to raise a hand, okay, Larry is online, I hope he came on after we talked about him, but I'm not going to ask anyone to raise a hand, but I'm going to ask you because we can all think about a conversation either in person, online, in school or at work, Uh, maybe with a coworker, maybe with a friend, maybe with a neighbor that we had where one of those controversial issues came up and because of the disagreement, that friend or that neighbor or that coworker is someone we no longer wanna associate with. But I'm gonna ask us to consider that Jesus Christ was right and maybe we weren't and that maybe we need to show some humility Maybe that we need to show some patience patience, and that maybe we need to bear with them and put the love that we're supposed to show as the people of God first above being right. So I'm going to ask you to bow your heads. God, we thank you for allowing us to gather this morning. And we know we probably all have people in our circles of influence with whom we have disagreed over one thing or another. We may all have family and friends Uh, who we used to hang out with and now we don't anymore because of some cultural disagreement. We all probably have people whom we can think of that we used to love with a never-ending love and now because of some cultural disagreement, we don't talk to them anymore, we don't invite them to the family reunions, we don't spend time with them. But as we've said over the last couple of weeks, our goal, the goal of Christianity is reconciling us one to another and all to our heavenly father. So I pray that right now that you would speak to our hearts, that you would uh, make those broken relationships new, that you would make them whole, that you would give us the words and the wisdom to be reconciled to those family and friends and neighbors and coworkers from whom we have separated God, we thank you that you are God who does make all things new. And we pray that that you would do that in our lives when we leave this place. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.